Easter is all about redemption. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 9. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. There is so much in this one verse. We are introduced to a woman named Mary Magdalene. Now we know there were several different women that followed Jesus by the name of Mary, and so she is made distinct by her hometown, Magdala, which was in Galilee on the western shore of the Lake of Tiberias. And so she was called Mary Magdalene to distinguish her from the other Marys that followed Jesus. But she is also distinguished because she was a woman who had been possessed by seven demons. Now, can you imagine just being possessed by one demon, the the terror, the torment that that would be? If you've ever seen anyone demon-possessed, and I have, I have seen people demon-possessed, it is terrifying, and it is horrifying. But can you imagine for her not just one demon, but she was possessed by seven demons, Many people today would have seen her as mentally ill and and to be institutionalized because she was a broken, devastated human being because of this demonic filling and oppression and possession that she had experienced. And so, can you imagine the torment, the bondage of being possessed by seven demons, having no control over your life? But when Mary Magdalene met Jesus, he set her free from those seven demons and that horrible captivity. Because that's what Jesus does. And that's what Easter is all about. Here is an eternal truth. Number one, Jesus frees. He frees people. He sets people free. It doesn't matter if they have one demon or seven or a hundred. It doesn't matter. Jesus has the power to set people free. Jesus set Mary Magdalene free from seven demons. Can you imagine her always being introduced that way? Hi, I'm Mary Magdalene, who was delivered of seven demons. May not be the best way to introduce yourself, but she didn't wear it as shame. For her, it became her testimony. She was willing to say, I I used to be possessed by seven demons. Anybody who would listen to her, she's going to tell them, I'm Mary Magdalene who was possessed by seven demons until Jesus, I met this man, Jesus, and he called me by name and he set me free. You know, Mary was a special person, but we know she had a broken life, a devastated life. And she was in this bondage to demons. Now, no matter what your demons may be, addictions, fears, life-controlling habits, vices, sins, or even literal demons, Jesus can set you free. Maybe you're not possessed by a literal demon, but you know you have an addiction. You have a life-controlling habit that is destroying your life, destroying your relationships. I want you to know those demons can be gone in the name of Jesus. And that can become your redemption story, just like it was for Mary. Mary found redemption in Jesus Christ. The word redemption means the act of being saved or rescued from something. It means the purchase or exchange for one's freedom. Mary was redeemed because she was saved and she was rescued from this demonic power that held her life. And she exchanged those demons for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, to fill her and lead her life. I want you to know that Jesus can redeem you 
from anything. I want to play for you a video of Scott Chapman, who directs our Celebrate Recovery ministry. This is Scott's redemption story. My name is Scott Chapman, and I was born and raised right here in Bakersfield, in this church, Bakersfield First Assembly. I was raised as a pastor's kid, and uh, my story uh, falling into the world started actually at this church. When I was a boy, my brother David got sick and passed away, and I did not expect that as a young Christian boy and the son of uh, pastoring parents. I thought for sure my brother would be healed. And this spawned uh, years of anger and confusion. And I, um, as a child, consciously blamed God for all of that. So I, I spent years backsliding and I fell into the world as a teenager and adolescent. I discovered uh, alcohol, um, fell into uh, some promiscuous situations and explored sexually, uh, discovered drugs, got into drugs. Um, I was unhappy, I was depressed. I was afraid of, of building up anything in my life again, afraid that it would all be pulled out from under me because of what's happened in the past. And so I, uh, with a stiff neck and a lot of stubbornness, continued uh, my road of, of running from the Lord, some degradation, uh, not taking care of myself, not loving myself, and, and not loving anyone around me either. Um, I caused a lot of problems for my own wife and kids and family members. Um, but I also have a story of restoration because of God's grace uh, amidst that. After my wife left me, I found myself uh, in jail one night with a DUI, uh, angry and burnt out, realizing that drugs and alcohol weren't used anymore to cover up pain, but it in fact was causing more pain, just a lot more pain. And I found myself a slave to substance abuse. And I admitted for my first time, almost four years ago now, to family and friends that I'm an alcoholic and I'm a drug addict, and I have some problems in my life that I need help with. And I had never done that before in my life. And um, I believe that's the very moment that God came in and began healing in my life. Today, I've been blessed with the opportunity to lead others uh, through recovery, through a program we have right here at Bakersfield First Assembly, Celebrate Recovery. And uh, it's been going very well. We started in November, we're growing. We have about 40 to 50 adults showing up every weekend. And um, that's, that's part of my healing and my own restoration, too. I need you to know that. And uh, my message to anyone like that out there is that there is restoration waiting for you, revival from the Lord, from his grace, from his forgiveness, and it's just waiting there for you to receive, just like me. Let's give God praise. Thank you, Scott, for sharing that. What a story, a redemption story. And now Scott is using that story to redeem other people who have battled the same demons, the same addictions, the same struggles. I just want you to know that Jesus frees. Maybe you identify with Scott and you need to be free from some kind of thing that controls your life. That's what Jesus is all about. No matter what demon or addiction or destructive behavior possesses you, Jesus is waiting to write your redemption story of freedom. Another eternal truth we find is, number two, Jesus heals. Jesus not only freed Mary Magdalene from demons, but he also healed others along with her. Look with me at Luke chapter 8, verse 1. 
After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. That's how she's referred to again. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. So we see Mary Magdalene probably in a low position of life. And yet Jesus also healed another woman, Joanna, who was in the king's household. How many of you know it doesn't matter, rich or poor, you can be attacked the same way. Satan can destroy your life. It doesn't matter at what economic, social level it may be. But in the same way, no matter what your life is, Jesus can save you. And he can heal you and set you free. And these women were helping to support them out of their own means because they had been set free and healed. Jesus healed their diseases. And I want you to know that Jesus still heals today. Jesus heals one of three ways. He heals medically, he heals miraculously, or he heals heavenly. I believe that every healing comes from God, whether it's medicinal or medical, surgical, it doesn't matter. God has given that wisdom. God is the healer. And it may be through medicine, and there's nothing wrong with taking medicine. God heals that way as well. And God also heals miraculously. I have seen God heal. There are testimonies of the healing of God. But the one we struggle with the most is when God heals heavenly. When He takes us home. When we pray for someone and they die. That's a hard one for us to reconcile. But we don't understand death. We need to see it differently. Because to be absent from the body is to be with Jesus. And the Bible says in heaven there is no more pain. There is no more sickness, no disease, no sorrow, no suffering. Why would we want to keep someone from that? And so we ask God to heal us. And sometimes he does it miraculously. Sometimes he does it medically. But sometimes he heals us by bringing us home. And so by dying on the cross, Jesus purchased our redemption for healing. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. Now, if somebody doesn't know the Bible very much, they think, what do you mean by his stripes? Is he a zebra? No, it's not that. The stripes are from the whips on his back. By the wounds on his back from the whip, we can claim and pray for our healing. We want to share with you Liz Quick's redemption story of healing. In 2014, two months after our youngest son's third birthday, he was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, otherwise known as ALL. And it was a jolt to the system. It was a blood cancer. The journey was rough. It was hard. It was three years of hard. Two months into the journey, we were lucky enough that they came in and told us that he was in remission. I was so excited, I wanted to quit treatment. If we're in remission, why should I continue? Why would I continue on this horrible journey? But the doctors convinced me otherwise. The success rate is so much higher if you go through the journey. I didn't want to go through the journey. There was night terrors. There was loss of hair. There was constant emotion up and down. It was the hardest thing 
And it was hard because it wasn't me. It was my child. It was my child, and I couldn't take it. I couldn't own it. I couldn't remove it from them. I had to sit and watch, and I had to trust. I had to trust God through the entire journey. And one of the things that I am known for saying is I thought I knew God before this journey. I was raised in a Christian home. I regularly went to church. I thought I knew him. But through this journey, I, I really now know God. It took trust. It took prayer, so much prayer, and not prayer that I'd ever known before. Uh, it took really being on my knees. And that was a new adventure for me. Uh, always in books, it's depicted that you are on your hands and knees as a child praying by the bedside. This isn't that kind of prayer. But I learned to trust God through the journey. And now, now, two weeks ago, we celebrated seven years remission. We are five years cancer-free and seven years in remission. And it's amazing. Jesus heals. He heals physically. He heals emotionally. He heals mentally and he heals spiritually. And so if you're in need of healing today, if there's a brokenness in your life, if there is a spiritual or physical illness that you're battling with, I want you to know that God is writing your redemption story right now. And if we will return to the Lord, if we will turn to Jesus, he will write that story for us. Another eternal truth we see in the Easter story and with Mary Magdalene, number three, is Jesus forgives. So we know that, that Jesus frees, Jesus heals, and Jesus forgives. Though she is not referred to by name, some believe the sinful woman in Luke chapter 7 was Mary Magdalene. In fact, Mary Magdalene is introduced in the very next chapter, so it is very possible it was her. And so here's this woman who was known to be sinful. She had a reputation. And she was known in that town as, as someone who, was, who did things wrong and was very sinful. And yet we see the power of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. No matter what you've done, no matter what your reputation is, Jesus can change all that. Listen to this story. This very well could have been Mary Magdalene as well. But whoever it is, it's still a powerful redemption. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. In verse 48, then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The part I left out was how the people judged her. And looked down upon her for who she was and what she had done and what she was doing. And yet Jesus was the one who condemned them. He challenged them. He confronted them. And Jesus forgave her. It doesn't matter who's judging you or what the world has done or what you've done. Jesus can forgive any sin, anything you've ever done. Your mistakes, the life you've lived. Jesus 
can redeem you and He can write your redemption story. I want to share with you something very personal and very transparent. I don't always like to do this. It's, it's a little risky. But I want to share something close to my heart and my family. My oldest son, Josiah, has a redemption story. I want you to understand that just because we're pastors doesn't mean we don't have problems. In fact, we have a lot of problems. The enemy is after us all the time, trying to destroy our lives and our families. Pray for us. Pray for your pastors. And so Josiah has a redemption story. A few years ago, he went through a devastating season in his life. He lost his marriage. He lost his home. He lost his pets. He lost most of his possessions. He lost his job. And he even lost his faith for a time. And when we picked him up at the airport, all his earthly goods fit into one large suitcase. He had lost everything. He was a broken man. And as a result, Josiah became an alcoholic. And his life hit rock bottom. Jolene and I were broken hearted. We shed many tears, prayed many prayers. And in time, Josiah turned back to the Lord. And God began to rebuild his broken heart and restore his shattered life. And in the process, he met a woman who had attended the church we pastored when both of them were children. Her name is Hannah. And she was someone whose family we had known and loved for many years. And Josiah had grown up in church with her. However... Hannah has a redemption story of her own as well. After high school, she too walked away from the Lord and was living in the world. A few years ago, she just so happened to be at the concert in Las Vegas when a crazed gunman opened fire and began killing people indiscriminately. In total, he killed 60 people and wounded 411 others. Hannah was there. And she literally ran for her life, crawling over wounded victims and dead bodies as the shots rang out. In the insanity and terror of that moment, she told the Lord if he got her out of there alive, she would return to him and serve him the rest of her life. Well, you know what? God got her out of there alive. And Hannah kept her word and rededicated her heart and life to the Lord. Now she is on fire for God. And boldly and fearlessly shares her testimony of how God rescued her and redeemed her life. She has a redemption story. And a few weeks ago, Josiah and Hannah were married. In fact, that's why I got this suit. I had the privilege of serving them communion at their wedding. And I reminded them how God had restored them. And rescued them and redeemed them from everything of the past. And I told them, don't ever forget this moment where you are taking communion together as husband and wife. And your two redemption stories become one as your lives become one. And may you never forget what Jesus has done for you. He redeemed your life. Now their redemption stories are their testimonies that they freely share with others. I want to share one more picture at the end of their wedding. And Josiah wrote about this picture. He writes very well, prolifically. And he said, this photo speaks a lot to me. The disheveled, thrown together look we have here at the end of our wedding day 
reminds me of how both Hannah and I have been through our share of difficulties. But in the end, we have come out smiling, victorious, truly more than conquerors, now relishing in our current glories. I love the subtle views of people we hold real dear to our hearts, cheering us on as we begin what we both feel is a very special journey God has set before us. We need you all to be successful, and we are both so grateful for all the support we have. What a beautiful day marrying my best friend, my co-champion in Christ. Jesus forgives. He writes a redemption story. For you and for me, because no matter what you've done or where you've been or how much you've lost, Jesus is waiting to write your story of redemption and forgiveness. Finally, another eternal truth we find in Easter. Number four, Jesus lives. Amen. Jesus is alive. No other religious leader in history rose from the dead. They're still in their graves and in their tombs. But Jesus is alive. And what is so amazing is this woman, Mary Magdalene, who had been possessed by seven demons, she was the last person at the cross. Jesus' disciples, all those guys had bailed on him. But there was Mary Magdalene and a few other Marys that stood with him at his very darkest moment as his death on the cross. Mary Magdalene was there. And it's no wonder that when Jesus rose from the dead, he chose her to be the first one to see him alive. Look at John 20, verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. Verse 14, she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. At this time, she thought he was dead and somebody had taken his body. Verse 16, Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Is this just awesome? Here's Mary Magdalene, so grateful for what Jesus has done. He who has been forgiven much loves much. She was the last one at the cross. She's the first one at the tomb. She's the first one. And she doesn't recognize him until he calls her name. Mary. And then she sees the risen Lord. I want you to know, God knows your name. He's calling your name today. If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, the Lord is reaching out to you and he's calling your name and he's ready to write your redemption story. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done or what's happened to you, no matter the wounds that have been caused against you, the brokenness in your life, Jesus can heal all of the brokenness and forgive all the sin. After three days, Jesus rose from the dead. And he began to write all kinds of redemption stories for millions of people throughout history and around the world. He wrote it for Peter. He wrote it for others. And he wrote it for you and me. And Jesus is ready. Are you? Are you ready? Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? For those here in the sanctuary and those online, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? 
You know, you're living in brokenness. You're living in despair. You know your life's not where you want it to be. I've got news for you. Jesus wants to give you a new life. And so if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never given Him control of your life, you've never put your faith in Him, totally surrender. You've got to totally surrender to Jesus. Can't be half-hearted. This is not some religion. This is not club, some club you're joining. This is about eternity. This is life or death. And Jesus is reaching out to you today. You feel that tug on your heart. You feel that. So if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you a chance to do that today. Or maybe you've been the prodigal. You did walk with the Lord at one time, but you know you've walked away. And you're walking in the ways of the world, and yet your Heavenly Father is waiting for you to come home. Always waiting, always looking for you to come back. If you've known the Lord, but you've walked away, I want to give you a chance to come home. And like my son, he can write your redemption story that changes everything. No matter what you've lost, no matter what's been taken from you, God can restore it and more. But you've got to give him your life. And so if you're here today or if you're online watching and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ for the first time or because you've walked away, Would you just slip up your hand, anyone in this place? You want to give your life to Christ? You want the Lord to write a redemption story? Anyone at all? Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? I'll give you time to just slip that hand up. If you're at home, raise your hand because God sees it. And it's a step of faith. You can put your hands back down. I'm going to ask the rest of you who are Christians already to join in this prayer with our new brothers and sisters. And so if you raised your hand, I would invite you to to pray this prayer. Others will be praying with you. You're not alone. You're part of a new family. So if you want to accept Jesus into your heart, you want to turn back to the Lord, please repeat these words. Dear Jesus, I receive. I receive you into my heart and life. I receive your forgiveness of all my sins. I receive your redemption. Thank you for the story of my life that you're going to change. Dear Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe you're coming again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're in the sanctuary this morning, if you would take this next steps card and fill it out and there's a box that says, I prayed to become a Christian and Christ follower. If you would check that box and drop it in those offering boxes on your way out, we'd like to follow up with you and give you a chance to to grow in your faith for Jesus Christ. If you're watching online, we want to follow up with you as well. All you have to do is type born again, one word, to 94090, so we can follow up with you as well. Would you stand with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord 
turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless you. God go with you. In Jesus' name.